Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I'm your host, Pat Davies. Welcome to episode number one of the 3EK podcast. Today we're going to cover the topic of Nikola Tesla. I come across a video on uh, googlevideo.com. I'm going to put the audio here into the podcast. Give it a listen. I found it rather interesting. Um, I'm new to the whole podcast thing. I'd love to hear your comments. Um, Hopefully I'm going to produce a show about once a week. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Many of us would like to believe that the achievement of greatness is rewarded, if not monetarily, then certainly through the even eyes of history. In the next 60 minutes, you may be shocked to discover that at least one man whose accomplishments touch each of our lives on a daily basis has been virtually forgotten. At the head of the 20th century, Nikola Tesla, a Serbian immigrant and inventor whose name is nearly forgotten, catapulted our civilization into the new age. The use of alternating current, radio, fluorescent lighting, remote control, and robotics, a total of 700 patents, are all attributable to this one man. On Thursday, January the 7th, 1943, at approximately 10.30 p.m., with the world engulfed in a struggle against the dark forces of the Nazi war machine, Nikola Tesla breathes his last dying alone in a small room at the Hotel New Yorker. Outside, the city is alive with his legacy, glistening with the electricity from Tesla's fully realized vision of a world powered by alternating current. He was incredibly aware of the consequences of his scientific inventions and their impact on the total development of mankind. Tesla is buried in relative obscurity a fallen giant of invention whose discoveries remain the foundation for some of civilization's most important scientific advancements. He is one of the greatest geniuses of the 19th century. Edison was one level of, 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 of science, but Tesla was many levels higher. He was a lonely character, researching independently, outside mainstream science. He must have appeared to the so-called normal world like a complete eccentric. He gave our country a tremendous uh, package of technology uh, applications and wonders. And and uh, all our lives are collectively much better because of his work. Why has this great man been so neglected by his fellow scientists and the public? Perhaps the answers lie more in the works never realized by Tesla than in his publicly acknowledged achievements. Legend has it 
that Nikola Tesla was born at the stroke of midnight in 1856 in the midst of a dazzling electrical storm. As a young man, his greatest aspiration was to harness the power of Niagara Falls. He achieved that dream and in so doing popularized alternating current. Now, already a half century after his death, a mystery surrounds Tesla. His contributions, which were great in many, have descended into obscurity. Why? Nikola Tesla was a humanitarian, a U.S. patriot, and yes, an unbridled genius, though he has most often been personified as the quintessential mad scientist. Perhaps his only real misdeed was being born ahead of his time. Tesla, a Serb, grew up in a small village in Croatia, the son of a strict clergyman and a brilliant inventive mother. With a photographic memory and the ability to learn six languages by the age of 18, Tesla soon assumes his path in life as a gifted inventor. He has an uncanny ability to visualize his inventions, to assemble, test, and disassemble them to exacting dimensions, all in his mind, either while awake or in his dreams. From the time he was an early child, Tesla had the capability to visualize something so intensely and so vividly that he simply couldn't tell the difference between that and a real object. In 1884, Nikola Tesla emigrates to the United States. Virtually penniless, he presents himself to Thomas Edison and is hired immediately. Okay, Tesla, consider yourself introduced. But when Tesla describes to Edison his intricate plans for alternating current and a polyphase motor system far more efficient than Edison's direct current system, Edison recognizes Tesla as a potentially dangerous competitor. You know, Edison just didn't want anybody to get ahead of him, even if he had a better system. And this is the way it is uh, when you get uh, aggressive people working. They, they, they will destroy each other. A prize is offered to anyone who can harness and transmit energy from Niagara Falls to Buffalo, New York. Edison does everything in his power to discredit alternating current and Tesla. Alternating current is a danger to human life. Start the generator. <laughs> you have just seen alternating current. In action. Despite Edison's opposition, Tesla's AC polyphase system is adopted. And in May of 1888, George Westinghouse hears about this remarkable inventor and buys the alternating current patents. By 1897, both Tesla and alternating current become a household name throughout the world. He realized completely what would happen with the implementation of alternating current and electrification of the whole planet that it would bring tremendous change in human life, in information in general, even in the mental state of human beings. Despite his new notoriety, Tesla is a pure inventor, a great dreamer, and does not actively pursue the commercial exploitation of his ideas. His many remarkable breakthroughs in high-frequency electricity, including radar, radio, neon, and fluorescent lamps are often attributed to others. For instance, Tesla's invention of shadow graphs, a system for taking X-ray photographs, predates the work of Wilhelm Röntgen. Tesla's fertile imagination enkindles theories for the Internet and television years ahead of their time. Though these visionary leaps are ultimately proven and manifest, 
Tesla's tendency toward exaggeration and the manner in which he announces his ideas to the press caused the inventor a good deal of public criticism. We must be able to transmit scenes from other places over long distances. Pictures, the news, energy. Why not matter too? Now we must liberate thought. We must set it free of limitations that space and time impose on it and yet keep its principal characteristics. Now and in future centuries. A flamboyant and mysterious man, always too eager to share his ideas with the world, Tesla demonstrates his laboratory experiments to such friends and luminaries as Mark Twain. The man was uh, socially capable of hobnobbing with the most elite people in the world at the time, Mark Twain, Westinghouse, J.P. Morgan, and from his acquaintances uh, uh, was able to, to finance some of the most spectacular experiments in history. As a publicity stunt, Tesla would sit in his laboratory while massive bolts of electricity danced about him. Without the use of wires, these airborne streamers would freely illuminate the lamps held in Tesla's hand. And Tesla was the first person to really show how to transmit wireless energy through the air to ignite electrical bulbs or electrical tubes. They were fluorescent tubes, which he had in the room. These tubes would respond to different frequencies. So if he produced one frequency, one group of bulbs would light, and if he produced another frequency, another group of bulbs was, would light. In 1898, while perfecting his patents for the invention of wireless radio transmission, Tesla's laboratory mysteriously burns to the ground. This fire destroys thousands of hours of work, setting the inventor back years and costing him personally over a million dollars. Tesla is horrified by the extent of the damage, but his is a resilient spirit. For while the hardware lay in cinders, Tesla's remarkable mental abilities enabled him to begin the process of recreating his work. In 1899, Tesla moves to Colorado Springs to experiment with terrestrial and atmospheric waves. Out on the prairie, he pursues his passion for discovering sources of free energy, both above and below the surface of the Earth. While investigating a phenomenon known as the Schumann cavity, he develops his theories for tapping limitless sources of power that all people of the world may share. Surrounding the Earth, there's a cavity that resonates at about eight cycles per second. And this cavity exists between the Earth we're standing on now and the bottom of the ionosphere, about a 60-kilometer gap. And this three-dimensional resonant cavity in that cavity, you can transmit power, electromagnetic energy, at 8 hertz with almost no attenuation. The Schumann cavity is pumped or fueled at this time with megawatts of power from the lightning strokes that are occurring many times a second on a worldwide basis. It's rather like a child who's playing with a tetherball. Tesla was so creative, he envisioned uh, using his uh, power transmitter to spank the ball, put a great big ball of electricity, if, by analogy, a pulse of electricity, in the ionosphere, and it would uh, very weakly distribute itself all the way around the world. And when it came around the other side, just at the right moment, he would spank it again with another pulse of electricity, and he'd keep doing this until the accumulated energy was so great that it would be uh, uh, a resource to be pulled back out of the sky uh, by a proper antenna. Tesla's idea was to be able to provide power equally to all people on Earth. At this time, 
There are two to three billion people on this planet that can't go home at night and turn on their lights. We can. The people that can are living in poverty. Tesla saw that there was a division between the have and the have-nots. And he was determined to make electrical power equally available to all people on this planet as a gift. Tesla develops the technology at Colorado Springs to produce astonishingly high voltages and currents. When the switch is thrown, ghostly sparks dance inside the lab, while on the copper ball atop the antenna, thick blue lightning crackles upward over 100 feet into the sky. Thunderclaps are heard over 15 miles away. It is one of the great inventor's crowning achievements, man-made lightning. Colorado Springs, he had a 56 uh, kilovolt ampere Westinghouse transformer that George Westinghouse gave to him, and it had various taps on it up to 55,000 volts. And uh, through the amplification of this transformer into his um, magnifying transmitter, he's able to actually blowing up the Colorado Springs, uh, some of the generators in the power, a Colorado Springs uh, plant at a distance of about 25 miles away. Originally, it was thought that he generated or used so much power from the uh, utility company that uh, burned out a couple of their generators. Since then, there's been some conjecture that actually he was picking up more energy from the surrounding air at that high altitude and it was feeding back into the generator, and you cannot feed electrical energy back into a generator, and that's what blew him out. <laughs> and they wouldn't sell him any more power until he and his assistant went down and repaired the generators. <laughs> Tesla determines that waves of energy in the Earth can be used to transmit power to any point on the globe. In laboratory tests, he successfully demonstrates the illumination of wireless lamps many miles from the laboratory. But his experiments also produce more ominous possibilities. Alpha waves in the human brain are between 6 and 8 hertz. The wave frequency of the Schumann cavity resonates between 6 and 8 hertz. All biological systems operate in the same frequency range. The human brain's alpha waves function in this range, and the electrical resonance of the Earth is between 6 and 8 hertz. Thus, our entire biological system, the brain and the Earth itself, work on the same frequencies. If we can control that resonance system electronically, we could directly control the entire mental system of humankind. Tesla, aware of the awesome power this aspect of his discovery might unleash, decides to keep it under wraps. With the success of the Colorado experiments, Tesla moves back to New York City. After courting several financial backers, he is introduced to J.P. Morgan, the infamous banker and international financier. Morgan is convinced by Tesla's promise that he can, quote, build a world broadcasting system that will earn millions. Inspired by the earlier works of genius attributed to Tesla, the business-savvy Morgan invests $150,000. Though he must concede 51% ownership in his radio patents to the fabulously wealthy industrialist, Tesla nevertheless proceeds with his construction of the legendary Wardenclyffe Tower in 1900. Wardenclyffe Laboratories were 
built by Tesla to try to prove his dream, his radio transmission of power. First it started off, he told his back as it would be just a voice communication, but his real dream was power. Soon thereafter, with Wardenclyffe in the midst of construction, Tesla receives a report that Guglielmo Marconi has successfully completed a trans-ocean radio transmission. Morgan threatens to pull out. Rather than admit defeat, Tesla expands on his original idea for Wardenclyffe, transforming it into the pilot project for his long-envisioned global power and communications system. Tesla promises Morgan that he can erect a system of towers that will pull down energy from the ionosphere, making it possible to transmit electricity throughout the world without wires. In short, free energy for everyone. Tesla was called a nut because Tesla also said that he could generate without any fuel, without any solar energy, without any wind power, he could generate electrical power, and he did do that. And, and that was something that the fuel companies didn't want to have happen. He was also able to broadcast electrical power through the air without any wires. And that project was stopped by J.P. Morgan when, he, when the commercial consequences became obvious. Seeing no way to make a profit from Tesla's free energy device and convinced Marconi would monopolize radio, Morgan backs off. Ironically, over 40 years later, the Supreme Court of the United States determines that Marconi copied his radio technology from patents already held by Tesla, and that it was Tesla who actually discovered wireless transmission. Some believe that the Wardenclyffe fiasco was about more than just money. They say Tesla himself scuttled the plant out of fear that in the wrong hands, the potential power generated by Wardenclyffe could bring lasting harm to the people and the planet. Although Morgan didn't finance the Wardenclyffe Tower at the end, it seems to me the project was not stopped because of money. Tesla stopped it when he realized his ideas might be co-opted and implemented solely for military purposes. That's probably the wisest decision a scientist can make. And Tesla reveals for the first time in an article published in the, in the New York Times that Wardenclyffe could also be used as a weapon to take down airplanes. He managed to stop the catastrophe that would be attributed to him. Because being able to free and target down 2 billion volts from the ionosphere is sufficient to burn any city on the planet. The effect is stronger than the atomic bomb. Did Tesla discover the ultimate means of destruction? The answer is still unresolved. By 1915, it is rumored that Tesla and Thomas Edison are each to receive the Nobel Prize, but these reports prove false. Two years later, Tesla is awarded the Edison Medal by the American Institute of Electrical Engineers. But any credibility this might afford him is undone by Tesla's extravagant boasts that Wardenclyffe can be used to modify the weather. They tore the tower down during the war because uh, the military thought that was there for uh, uh, spy purposes. It took at least three or four charges of dynamite. It was so well built, they almost couldn't demolish it. But uh, before it was uh, completely dismembered, uh, it was experimented with by someone who wanted to project scalar waves. All the birds, seagulls, and everything else left the area. There wasn't one within 20 miles. And the fishermen normally go out there and complain because there were no fish that they could catch within a radius of 10 or 15 miles while that station was operating. That's why uh, 
can get a manifestation of uh, some animals acting strangely a day or hours before an earthquake. With his beloved tower in ruins, Tesla retreats into his laboratory and begins far more complex and dangerous experiments. On July 11, 1934, the New York Times reports that Nikola Tesla has developed a death ray, a particle beam weapon that can destroy 10,000 planes at a distance of 250 miles. Tesla claims that a plant for producing this device could be constructed in three months at a cost of $2 million. Aside from the devastating offensive capabilities, Tesla believes that if he can successfully build 12 of these towers, his is a weapon to end all wars. Tesla's uh, famous death ray was a device which probably is very widely misunderstood and may have been one of the reasons why uh, he didn't receive some of the respect by the scientific community he may have well deserved. I think today a lot of people think of a death ray as a, as a phaser or some esoteric type of device you might see in a science fiction movie. Tesla's claims terrify the public, but fascinate Hollywood. He is parodied in Superman cartoons as a mad scientist terrorizing New York with an electrothanasia death ray and an army of remote-controlled robots. Tesla's death ray was actually a particle beam weapon, a particle beam weapon which he had developed in the 30s. It was based on the principle of electrostatic acceleration of minute particles of charge, similar to work being done by the Department of Defense. The basic concept is that you take a particle, a micro-projectile it's called, and through the use of high voltage, you accelerate it to, to great velocities. The velocity being very high, the particle doesn't have to be very big to do a lot of damage. If you get a stream of these things being accelerated and projected, it will do substantial damage. You'd be able to knock down a missile in space, for instance. With only 12 such plants strategically placed around the United States, Tesla claims his teleforce can be used to keep the United States safe from all foes. With the world on the verge of World War II, the United States government takes an active interest in the Tesla death ray. Because he was a patriot, he offered this system to the United States government. The United States government developed and worked and engineered this particle beam weapon beginning in the 40s. We don't know what the extent of the research was or where it went from there, but we do have declassified documents released under the Freedom of Information Act that demonstrate the U.S. government's extreme interest in Tesla's particle beam weapon. The New York Times states that Tesla's death ray, which can send concentrated beams of particles through the air and cause armies of millions to drop in their tracks, is the most important of Tesla's inventions. But in an unprecedented decision, Tesla makes the exploitation of his invention by any single government impossible. He distributes the plans in proprietary segments, like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. He gave it to the English, Canadian, American, 
and Russian governments so that they had to sit down together to collaborate if they wanted to realize the whole invention. He realized that people are not conscious enough to handle this information. That's why Tesla put these governments into mutual dependability. There's some evidence that Tesla had given the plans to the Russians who were on our side at that time. In the 1970s, Aviation Week showed a, an article on the Russian particle beam weapon, and Tesla's particle beam weapon didn't surface until about 10 years later when Andrea Puharch brought it out, and the schematics exactly matched the Russian particle beam weapon. Head of U.S. Air Force Intelligence, Major General George Keegan, describes the Soviet system. And what comes out of the end of this little magnetic tube are pulsed proton beams, 100 billion electron volts, each at energy levels at 10 to the 10 joules. That's just simply more energy than any man has ever conceived of in the United States. And then you have to bend that beam, and you have to burn it through the atmosphere, and you have to find an object to aim it at. Nikola Tesla sent a proposal to Russian scientists and engineers on May 16, 1935, concerning high voltage and the acceleration of charged particles. He received a list of follow-up questions from them in November of that year. Military scholars contend that the Soviets achieved a 100% Star Wars defense by 1968. We had learned through very sensitive sources that the Soviets in 1977 would test in space the most powerful laser in history, ten times more powerful than any laser we have under development in the U.S. Finally, when I became chief of Air Force Intelligence, my first act of office was to put out an order stating that this device and this development would be the number one priority in Air Force Intelligence. So we set up a meeting with 40 or 50 of the top nuclear scientists in the free world, from Edward Teller on down. And these scientists, for six years, under a $60 million secret project called Project Seesaw, had been trying to develop an electron beam to shoot down ICBMs, and they'd failed. And now, both in the White House and in the Department of Defense, there is an embarrassed silence as the technicians and scientists on both staffs now, having examined the massive body of research we did in the Air Force, suddenly realize that they may have misinformed the American public. Was President Ronald Reagan merely attempting to catch up with the Soviets in his development of the Strategic Defense Initiative? All we can do is make sure the technology becomes the ally and protector of peace, that we build better shields rather than sharper and more deadly swords. In so doing, Maybe we can help to bring an end to the brutal legacy of modern warfare. As a result of America's delays in weaponry development, Tesla's discoveries are only now, nearly 100 years later, being adapted for both offensive and defensive purposes. The latest development, space-based particle beam satellites. The paper which showed the, the technology to make the anti-war machine was eventually published in the proceedings of the, uh, the International Tesla Society. So it is it's in the public domain now how to do it. And, and what is uncanny is that when one knows today's Star Wars program and, and the, the beam weaponry that has been selected, it is almost identical to what was proposed by Tesla. 
At the time that I came across the documents, I took it to experts in the aerospace field and asked them to look at his technique for generating high voltages. At the time, the aerospace firm I was working with was working on particle beam technology, and they had a study group that was working on proposals to give to the government on um, directed energy weapons. I gave that proposal to the advanced projects research team and asked them to consider it. The only word that I ever got back from them was that they said it was interesting and they would say no more. Tesla certainly spoke of a very large series of very powerful weapons. I think that's a reasonable thing and let's approach it this way. Certainly I'm on record as saying the weapons exist and that several nations have weaponized them. We know that the Russians very early on were interested in things like free energy run out of the vacuum, and they were interested in weapons. What became of Tesla's weapon? It's never been heard from since. It may be something that's in a closet somewhere. It may be something that's used. It may be in orbit. We don't know. There is no question today that the Soviet Union has these weapons. And if what I put together is correct, and I'm absolutely convinced it is, Three other nations of the world also developed those weapons and resoundingly checked the Soviet Union. The other three are friendly to the United States, not hostile. And I think that played one great part in the fall of the Soviet Empire. Three other nations today are indeed working on what I call the Tesla weapons or really scalar electromagnetic weapons. And these nations are not really friendly to the U.S. at all. So it's a much more dangerous world that has emerged. In an article published November 3rd, 1998, Bill Gertz of the Washington Times writes, the Chinese army is building laser weapons and already possesses particle beam weapons capable of damaging sensors on space-based reconnaissance and intelligence systems. If the People's Liberation Army has beam weapons, what about the U.S. military? Under promise of anonymity, this Navy SEAL spoke about current capabilities. We do have particle beam weapons. I've used them. We did underwater tests off the coast of California. The capabilities are awesome. You can knock down a satellite, a ship, a plane, anything. In the global race for new technology, it appears that Tesla's death beam is not the only secret invention that supposedly disappears when he dies. On July 4, 1976, the celebration of America's bicentennial, a strange new signal is monitored on ham radio frequencies. This high-pitched chattering is dubbed the woodpecker signal by the Central Intelligence Agency. They have no idea what it is, but they are able to triangulate its source to a Soviet transmitter in Latvia. The Soviets had experimented with creating artificial aurora not sure what their objective was, but uh, I think it was probably uh, designed to prove that you could uh, project very low-frequency energy over the horizon, over great distances, and cause certain effects. You can induce virtually any effect that a chemical can cause in a living system with a, um, an external, primarily extremely low-frequency magnetic field. My personal feeling is that primarily, I think, it was designed to communicate with their submarines. On July 13, 1977, at 9.19 p.m., 
the woodpecker signal abruptly stops. A strange corona forms around Edison electric power generators servicing New York City, and the entire city is suddenly plunged into darkness, creating chaos and confusion. The blackout is similar in its effects to Tesla's Colorado Springs experiment that overloads and sets ablaze the local electrical power plant. Uh, you know, things start to brown out. To the, uh, we started seeing very strange things happen to New Yorkers who went berserk. Uh, it was literally absolutely dangerous to be there in New York City. And was a headache for police and, and who knows, all the security people around. Was it Tesla's secret that electricity could alter the mental state of human beings? If so, was that secret delivered into the wrong hands? And who is responsible for the Tesla-inspired program known as HARP? A government project, some experts believe, is the first stage of an entirely new phase in weapons technology. War or peace? Which does science serve best? Tesla described himself not as an inventor, but as a discoverer. But with discovery comes responsibility. Tesla knew this when he developed HARP technology, and many think that his fear of what might happen if HARP fell into the wrong hands motivated him to keep his discovery under wraps. HARP exists because Tesla theorized back in the 30s that he would be able to stimulate the magnetic field of the Earth in such a way that he would actually be able to create a shield around the city. HARP is... Um, basically a design experiment in terms of atmospheric physics where a large array of antennas it's not just one antenna it's a very large array it covers several acres um, are broadcasting into the ionosphere of the planet a very very complex series of waveforms and these waveforms are designed to specifically couple in with the ionosphere which is a resonant Cavity. This concept involves heating up the ionosphere in a manner similar to a giant microwave oven. That a small input, like a pulse of a certain number of watts in, can create, create a large output because whether accidentally or intentionally, it's possible to tap into this sea of energy around us. It surrounds us and goes through our bodies and is everywhere throughout space. HARP's original designer conceives it as a shield for missile defense that can fry the circuitry of incoming bombs. HARP was designed to, uh, for a number of applications. It really was not set up as a weapon. Uh, if you read the patents, I was thinking of ways to use it defensively. He also claims that by superheating portions of the upper atmosphere, HARP can affect global weather patterns, a concept Tesla was ridiculed for nearly a century earlier. One of the real dangers of HARP is that we, have con we concentrate with HARP in one very small area of the ionosphere. We create a lightning rod effect. We create a lightning rod that can distort the magnetosphere of the planet, which is the magnetic shield of the planet. Not only are you sending energy into the ionosphere, but you're providing a path for energy to come back down out of the ionosphere. The electrons and energy will come from all over the ionosphere to that one point and it will strike the ground in a bolt 
that is a hundred times greater than any lightning bolt imaginable. St. Helens volcanoes going off each second. The true power of HARP technology is not yet known, and there is no civilian monitoring agency. The possibility that HARP may be capable of enormous planetary disruptions, including weather changes, global warming, or even slowing the Earth's orbit by shifting the shape of the ionosphere, may tell us why Tesla suppressed the blueprints for this invention. He stopped his power shield defense project in 1905 because he realized that such a resonant system of five towers around the globe could cause a tremendous destruction of humankind. Not long after, Tesla's money runs out. His main supporters either die or sever relations. As his anonymity increases, he continues with even more esoteric research. He was very much concerned with being able to utilize the phenomenon of resonance to do certain things, not the least of which was to uh, destroy certain materials. And that was evidenced later on by that uh, experiment he did on Wall Street where uh, the new building, steel building, was going up. And uh, he tried out one of his uh, resonators, nothing more than a... Uh, mechanical vibrator was battery operated and set up a, a resonance in the steel beams to the point where it kept building up like pushing a kid on a swing you know and keep pushing and a little push will take it a lot further every time and he almost brought the building down uh, scared the people who were working on it they thought they were having an earthquake and they went down and called the police and everything else Tesla got a little bit scared and picked up his equipment, put it in his pocket, and went home. <laughs> he had one other unfortunate incident, which today we would laugh at, but was very serious at the time. He picked up radio signals from space. You know, we know today, of course, that uh, planets radiate uh, RF noise and so forth. But when he announced this, it was uh, it just caused a sensation, and all the scientists said immediately, "What a kook! You know, what a idiot!" There were rumors you went to Colorado Springs in order to contact Mars, is that true? I never intended to. However, I recorded certain electrical impulses of unknown origin, and these were repeated at constantly timed intervals. It's possible they were a kind of signal from space. And did you in turn send them a message? Ask the Martians that question. No more questions, please. They got to thinking, I'm sure, well, he's talking crazy now. He's feeding pigeons in the park, and he's got this crazy idea of transmitting signals to Mars. And Tesla is so advanced in his thinking, so sensitive and eccentric, that few of his colleagues understand his work. He is perceived as snobbish and overconfident. He was ostracized, I think, primarily because of his difference and because of his radical statements and because of his pronouncements of great systems. They didn't have the foggiest notion of what he was talking about. Nikola Tesla saw many of his inventions scrutinized, then adopted by the military. 
However, it becomes apparent that as a citizen of the planet, Tesla ultimately serves a much higher authority. He met Swami Vivekananda in New York City in the late 1890s. Swami Vivekananda was probably the first yogi to come to this country with Eastern philosophy and present it to the West. It was at Swami Vivekananda's lectures that Tesla picked up the Sanskrit terminology, prana, akasha, and the concepts of the ether that led him to determine or actually led him to a point where he could describe succinctly the physics of the universe, the physics of matter creation in this dimension. In many of his letters, he wrote that if he were to choose a religion, it would be Buddhism. All his stories about his journeys in other worlds, about dreams, about machines that operated in his imagination, were manifestations similar to the experience of the shamans. It was known that his solutions came during a dream. Tesla's view of the universe, his cosmology, if I might call it that, is based on viewing life from a spiritual point of view. And it was in the science of the ancient works of the Vedas where he found the spiritual terminology to describe what he saw manifest in the physical world. What leads Tesla to this spiritual awakening may never be known. But it is not uncommon among those forward-thinking patrons of discovery, people like Robert Oppenheimer, father of the nuclear bomb, or Albert Einstein, that in the end, they recognized the singular perfection of the interconnected and life-imbuing system of our planet. He was trying to understand what the basics of energy and resonance were. What is the nature of the energy that's in the cosmos? What's the, what's the basic essence of the energies that come through nothingness to give us something? I think those were the questions that, were, that Tesla was intrigued with. When Tesla dies at the age of 87, his legacy of over 700 important patents slip into obscurity, forgotten by nearly everyone except the U.S. government. Tesla's possessions are sequestered in a government warehouse for 10 years following his death. Official reports confirm that the collection was microfilmed during this period. When contacted, however, no government agency revealed any information regarding these microfilms. After a decade, the government officially denies the existence of any secret weapons technologies included among the Tesla papers. Rumors nevertheless persist to this day. Whatever may have befallen Tesla's undeveloped discoveries, the inventions that remain contribute daily to our science, our medicine, and our environment. Perhaps this is what Tesla ultimately envisioned. Perhaps the missing secrets of Nikola Tesla are right where they belong. Tesla disagreed with scientists about some basic concepts of relativity theory and quantum mechanical theory, and he fell out of favor with the established scientists of the day. Tesla was very knowledgeable about quantum mechanics and Einstein's theory of relativity. Both were developed during his lifetime. And he suspected that sooner or later, quantum mechanics 
and relativity theorists would enter into a crisis. And that's why he used to say, the present time is theirs, but the future is mine. Sir Albert Einstein also said that once there's a bunch of little theories all over the world, there's a prelude to a major breakthrough in science and physics. I think that science today needs to take a new look at some of the theories of Tesla because there is more to the universe than what we are looking at and what we are observing with our scientific instruments. We've reached the point in our conscious evolution of the species. We have the ability at our fingertips now to engineer and to manipulate space-time and gravity. We're on the threshold of a new technology. Nikola Tesla was the gatekeeper of lightning. Some of his ideas earned him a reputation as a fruitcake. Some permanently rocked the world of science. Still others changed our planet and our lives. The next time you plug in your cable TV, remember the man who made it all possible. You might also imagine a world with free, unlimited energy and a world without wires, because that's what we lost when we lost the lightning of Nikola Tesla. I'm Dean Stockwell, and these are the Phenomenon Archives. Well, what do you think of that? Pretty interesting information, huh? Well, that's going to wrap it up for episode one. Um, We'll get another episode together next week, hopefully with a little more variety, um, with some uh, new UFO sightings uh, and maybe some ghost phenomena. Uh, Like I say, again, drop me an email. Let me know what you think of the show. Thanks very much. (laughs) 